just been great today. Thank you. All your practice and effort. It's, it's honored the Lord. Thank you, Brother Cal. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We are this month uh, having a Bible conference at the end of the month. And I've asked the Lord to help me and give me messages that I could preach to help prepare us for that. And uh, this morning's message a bit unusual for a morning message. Usually I would relegate this type of a sermon to Sunday night. But oftentimes when I do that, uh, I feel like some of those sermons are needed for Sunday morning people. Not everybody comes on Sunday night. I appreciate if you're a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and a Wednesday night faithful Christian, come to the meetings, amen, support the church. But um, this is a, a little bit of a meaty sermon. I hope you stay with me. I hope I'm not losing you right now on that. But uh, I want to talk to you today about a need for purity and holiness in your life. There's a need today among God's people to preach on holiness, purity, righteousness to God's people. So stay with me, if you would. Just one verse to get us started. Psalm 119, verse 9, very familiar. Young people pay attention. This is for all of us, but God is addressing young. He says, Where, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Let's pray. Father, we want to live pure, holy lives that please you. Uh, Lord, we live in a world today that doesn't care about such things, and it, it affects us, Lord, if we're not careful. It affects your people, your church, the witness of the gospel. So please, Lord, help us as we prepare our hearts for the Bible conference where we'll, we'll focus, Lord, on your word. Thank you for it. But Lord, I pray that everyone in attendance today would really listen to what you have to say through the preaching of your word today. I pray you be with the other services as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we approach this conference, I got, I got four good preachers that will come one different night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're known for their stand on the Bible. Their churches are known for their strong stand on the Word of God. They're solid, good, fundamental Baptist churches. And I'm proud to have them come and be in our pulpit. But uh, in order for us to, you know, get there and get the most out of it, I feel like the Lord's working on me about preaching a few things. And the Lord has placed this on my heart quite a bit of late, the need for God's people to stay pure, to live in holiness. That seems to be um, a foreign thing anymore if you talk to a lot of contemporary Christians. Well, the Bible has the answer here for this time and this mindset. Uh, many today think the Bible is not, not relevant anymore for society and that this book is out of touch with the culture of our day, all that kind of lingo. But such ideas and talk are entirely wrong. And I don't really know why God's people listen to it so much. I, I don't. The Bible is a book of authority. Always has been, always will be. We don't judge it, it judges us. But it, 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 it looks at the real need of people. Uh, dividing asunder the soul and spirit and joints of the morrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. It, and that's what it will continue to do. Praise be unto God. But we're in a time today and during a time of skeptics, of attackers. It, it's always been. I was reading the other day, you probably heard of a man named Voltaire. Voltaire is a, he was a French philosopher. He was a, a, a dandy or a dainty. Uh, he was known for his wickedness in France. He had a, a quite a following. I'm not sure how many likes he would have today uh, if people followed him, probably quite a few. He was born in 1694. He died in 1770. And he is known for his vicious attack against Christianity, especially the scriptures. Uh, being a very educated man, the intelligentsia followed everything he had to say in that day. I just want to give you a few quotes about this man so you see his hatred for Christianity. But he said this, Christianity is the most ridiculous, the most absurd 
and bloody religion that has ever infected our world. He said, the truths of religion are never so well understood by those who have lost the power to reason. He said this about the Bible. He says, what fools have written, what imbeciles command, what rogues teach, and young children are made to learn by heart. This guy, he, he doesn't like Christians. He didn't care for God. He didn't care for the Bible. Here's a quote he's made, and there's been some misgiving about this, so I'll explain this. He had a philosophy about the Bible, and he said this prior to his death. He said, 100 years from my day, there will, be a Bi there will not be a Bible on the earth except it be looked upon for curiosity seekers. And I had heard through the years that later on the... A Bible society had bought his home and they had printed Bibles out of that very home that he lived in. Well, that's not the truth. I studied this quite intently, but I did find this out. He once owned a home in Geneva, Switzerland. It wasn't in France, the one that is quoted so often, which later was purchased by the Geneva Bible Society and they didn't print the Bible there. They distributed the Bible out of that home. I thought that was pretty ironic for a guy who said, 100 years from now, the Bible won't, you know. Well, sorry to say, I'm not happy about this, but no doubt this man probably is in hell since 1770. He'll continue to be there the rest of eternity. He hates God. He hated God. He hated Christianity. He hated the Bible. Our world's much like that today, if we'd open our eyes and see. And they are influencing the youth of our day. No doubt about it. The Bible is a book of authority. Consider a question that's given us today here in our text, Psalm 119.9, the question, point number one. Wherewithal or how shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to their word? We're given a question and we're given an answer. But the question is addressed to young people. I believe it's addressed to all of us. So young people really listen today what pastor has to say. Don't tune me out like maybe you do sometimes, not all the time. But all of us need to listen. How can I be clean? That's the question. How can a young man be clean? And here's how. By taking heed to the Word. Not carrying the Word to church. Not hearing about the Word your whole life. Not having it as a textbook in your Christian school or your home school. Taking heed to the Word of God. Young and old alike need to pay attention this morning. Please pay attention to the preacher. We live in a day that's anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-purity, anti-righteous. So how can a young man, how can any man, how can any person be pure? The question is answered. It's a strange question to the majority of people today because so many people could care less. Our world could care less about purity, decorum, ethics, all this stuff. We live in a world today that's void of virtue, it seems, and purity and personal holiness, even among church people. It's irrelevant anymore. Not important. We ought to care about purity. We ought to care about holiness. We ought to care about righteous living. You know why? Because it's important to God. Doesn't matter what you think or I think. It's important to God. We ought to care about purity and holiness because it's important to God. What is the secret of personal, practical uh, purity and holiness? Well, God's Word has the answer if we care to know it. It's living holy. Holiness is the subject. You know, we're afraid of that word, holiness. We think it belongs to some kind of charismatic group, some kind of tongue-talking group. No, 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 no. Holiness has been in the Bible since God put it there. It has nothing to do with the denominational tag. It has to do with God's purpose for us. Be holy, he said, for I am holy. How's that holiness going for you? We don't want to admit it, but the world rubs off on us more than we'd like to admit. Amen. I don't know, there might be even a few this morning that I'm preaching to that aren't, you don't like this message, you're not going to like the rest of it. I hope you pay attention to it. Because here's why. We don't want to be holy. We don't want to be pure. We don't want to be righteous. 
We want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to fit in to our, what is the word? Um, culture? Isn't that the big word today? Culture? Yeah. God's holy word, his authority, tells us that it's important for God's people to be pure and holy. Now, again, I don't know. Through recording this, somebody might get a hold of this message and they could care less. But my intent is to preach it to our church to prepare our hearts for the upcoming Bible conference. Listen to what God says. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do you want to have a clean heart? Do you want to be pure in a, in a very dirty world? Isaiah 52, verse 11. Depart ye, depart ye. Go out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. If anybody ought to be clean, it ought to be those that were designated for the work of God. Sunday school teachers, leaders in the church, departmental leaders, preachers, be clean. You bear the vessel of the Lord. Listen, the, the vessel of the Lord you are, for the Holy Spirit is in within you. Everywhere you go, He goes. Every thought you have, He's aware of. Anybody ought to be holy and pure and righteous ought to be God's people. Yes. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and the desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, how can you know? How can you be clean? The Bible tells us. Right, right here in this simple verse. Wherewith shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Matthew 5, 8 speaks of a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Turn to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, look at verse 18 with me. Apostle Paul, of course, some deep, deep ground here in Romans 7. He says in verse 18, I, I pray that you're turning to your Bible. Do you care enough? We're talking about the Bible. And, and I'm not trying, but if you can't even turn the pages of your Bible to take a look, God help you. Do you care about being pure? Do you care about being righteous before God? Do you care about holiness? You ought to. Romans 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to, uh, to will is present within me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would, that I do. Verse 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that is, when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing into captivity the law of sin which is in my members. I like what he says here. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Hey, this is our nature. Even after being saved, this is our nature. I, you know, I don't want you to think bad of me. I'm your pastor, but I'm, I'm a sinful man. I'm I'm a wicked man. I have an old nature within me that rises up, that thinks on things, that sometimes lusts after things that, that I don't normally desire. It's that old man in me. It's the temptation round about me. And I, like Paul, i got to die daily to that stuff. So I didn't know men of God. Yes, you too. Let's face it today. We have a sinful nature. There's an old nature and a new nature. The Holy Spirit of God within me. Thank God for that. But there's that old man in me. Old Steve Brown who wants to rise up. You got him too. Do you want to be pure? Do you want to be holy? Well, there's a side of me that doesn't want to. 
you to? That's the question. Do you want to be holy? It's an important question. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7, 1, of being entirely clean. How can that be? It is good for a man not to touch a woman. That's what it says. Why? Because the flesh. The flesh will be tempted. The flesh will take over. To remain poor, uh, pure in heart, you say, well, it's good. Lust is not good. But God is okay about touching a woman if you're in the bounds of matrimony. God says in Hebrews 13, 4, the marriage bed is undefiled. Whoremongers and adulterers will be judged. That's what it says. Young people, listen to me. You have a flesh. It has desires. You're going to have thoughts. You're going to have feelings. You're going to have emotions. You will follow those if you do not obey the Scripture. Us adults need to pay attention. Even after marriage. Even after being married a long time. So I love my wife. I love my husband. I'm sure you do. But you got an old nature too. You got an old flesh. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? But my question is, do God's people even care anymore? Because we have a society that doesn't care. 1 Timothy 5.22, this young preacher and prodigal of Timothy, he reads here about, uh, about purity of life and its importance in the ministry. And here's what Paul tells Timothy. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of another man's sin. Keep thyself pure. So what? This isn't a Sunday morning sermon. You're right. It's usually a Sunday night. A little meteor. But we need it. We need it. How? How can we get pure? The question, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Second of all, the consideration this morning. There are three things I want us to consider about this question. First thing, it's a plain question. Just pretty easy to understand. Here's a young man in his heart, his mind, and he realizes he's sinful. His thoughts are impure. Living like that is offensive to God. It talks about the habits that can begin to come in someone's life. It talks about in our heart can become, our hearts can become foul. Our relationships can grow impure and even dirty. Yes, we the church, after you've been saved. So how can a young man be clean? How can you do it? Matthew chapter 1, verse 40 and 41 has the answer, pretty basic here. He says, in, I'm sorry, Mark's gospel chapter 1, verse 40. Here's what it says. And it came, he said, And there came a leper unto him, beseeching him and kneeling down before him, that's Christ, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst be clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put his hands on him, touched him, and saith, I will be thou clean. Hey, the only way you and I are going to be clean is if God touches us. Got, but here's the thing, you got to desire the touch. You remember the woman that had the issue of blood, she desired to be touched. The leper desired to be touched. We live in a leprous society today. Everybody's full of sin and wickedness. I mean, we can't even discuss it really from a pulpit in a general sense. It's so wicked, so abominable. And we, I think we've gotten used to it. Maybe even the word comfortable with it. It's so abominable to God, but we, we just say, well, it's the way it is. Doesn't have to be for us. If we care to be holy, and pure and righteous people? It's a plain question. Do you want to be clean? It's a priority question. What's important to you? Today, education, career, success, popularity, security, advancement, achievement, these are all important. What's important to us as the people of God? Because our basic nature is sinful, it's selfish. Sensual, carnal, 
out for self. And top it off, there's all these temptations all about us, evil, ungodly in the world. What do we care about? What do we want? What's the priority for me and mine? We've got to get back to that. Our eyes, our feelings, our hands, our feet, our ears, everything about us, they want to sin. We want to go places we shouldn't go. We want to see things we shouldn't see. We want to hear things we should not take into our ear gate. We want to sin. We're urged to sin. Our old nature is unholy. It's depraved. Even though we're saved, we still got the old man around. <coughs> Excuse me. Our natural thinking is how can I get away with something? But as God's people, we should be saying, how can I be clean? How can I get clean? Preacher, how can I stay clean? I'm tired of this. Are you tired of it? And there's a practical question. This question, how can a young man be clean, calls for action. It calls for governing oneself. It, you know, we, if we're not careful, we'll be carried along with selfishness and sinfulness, base things. Yes, we, the saved, we, the redeemed, we that are born again. Because again, we have the old nature constantly working at us. There's a need today for God's people to govern themselves, to control themselves, to, to, uh, to, to run from fleshly lusts, the cravings, the desires, the thoughts, the intents. So here's the question again. It's a plain question. How can I be clean? It's a priority question. Do I care to be clean? It's a practical question. Hey, give us the answer. The answer's here. According to God's word. This book is not just to be something we know about that we carry around with us every once in a while. It's our daily diet. It's our food. Within this question, we see an admission of need. Do I? We have to ask ourselves, do I personally need cleaning, holiness, living in my life? Yes. Again, the world doesn't care, and some Christians don't care, but God cares. God cares. The confession of our desire, do I want to be pure? The only one knows that question, that is you right now. If I was to have a personal conversation, and I said to you, Bill, Tom, George, whatever, do you want to be pure? And I waited for an answer. You'd look at me, and you'd calculate all kinds of things in your head. Well, you're the pastor. I've got to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> Some are as brazen today. They don't care if you're the pastor. No, I don't want to be pure. But there's a confession. There's a desire. What's yours? To be clean? To be holy, to be pure, do you care to? There's a suggestion of urgency. Hey, this world's not getting any better. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can't even think about where are we going to be 10 years from now? Where is the culture? Where is society going to be 20 years from now? I can't even. The things that's happened in the last 40 years that I've I'm privy to. I can't even imagine where we're at today. Who would have thought? Not our forefathers. So what lies ahead in the next half generation? Oh my goodness. If God's people don't care anymore about being pure and holy and righteous, we're going to slide a lot faster forward into backsliding. Something has to happen. I have another question. It's not real, you know, it's not, it's not illiterate. Another set of questions. <laughs> I thought that was kind of good. Another set of questions. Do you have a need to become pure and holy and righteous? Do you need to be that? Hey, I, wanna, I want to want to need it. I want to say, I need to be holy. I need to be pure. I need to be righteous. I need this in my life. I need it for my marriage. I need it for my family. I need it for my society. 
my grandchildren. You better believe you need it too. So do you need it? Do you need to be pure? Do you feel like you need to be pure? I hope you do. Do you recognize that you personally need to live a pure? You see, we got this idea. We, this, that's great. But what about where I live? You know, I'm glad the preacher preached it because these young people, they know you need it. Well, I wish that so-and-so would enter your mind. They, they really need this sermon. No, you and I need this sermon. To recognize our own need for a righteous life. Maybe you used to have one. Maybe you desired to have one. Maybe you were working at it. Hey, we're not getting saved by works. No, no, no. But we want to please. There was a time we wanted to please God. And we wanted to live lives that honored Him. When I came out of the world, it was difficult. But once I got a hold of that thing, I wanted I wanted to be the Christian God wanted me to be. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, Paul says. He's begging those believers in that day. I beseech you, brethren. I beg of you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service to most people today. And I'm not talking about the world. They could care less. Most of God's people, they think this is unreasonable. Yeah. To be pure and righteous and holy is unreasonable. But again, the Lord says, be ye holy. He's not making suggestions. What do you think about being holy, folks? You think we ought to be holy? He said, be ye holy. And what was his answer? Because I'm holy. I remember there was a time when dads would say, go do this or that, and kids would say, yes, sir. And then we got to the generation, why? How come? Why do I got to do that? Because I said so. That's kind of what God's saying to us. Be holy because I said so. Because I'm holy. You represent me. You're my child. This is what I want for you. 1 Peter 2.9 Be ye a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That word peculiar doesn't mean odd. It means uh, set aside for the purposes of God. In other words, God was saying to Israel, you're mine. You belong to me. Hey, God is saying to all of us today that name the name of Christ, hey, you're mine. You belong to me. This is how I want you to conduct yourself. And I want you to want to. Do you want to? Do you need to be pure? Do you recognize the need to be pure? Thirdly, there's a method or a way of obtaining it. Right here. Wherewithal shall the young man... By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. The word of God is going to clean us up. But you've got to heed it. That, that applies or uh, implies that you are reading it. As we read the word of God and then obey the word of God, as we yield unto our God and follow his word, and we could go to all kinds of verses on that, but for time's sake, let's just look at the one given us by taking heed thereto according to their word. That's how young man gets clean. That's how we get clean. We examine ourselves in the word of God. It's very clear. Again, there's three things that we got to do if we're going to be clean here. Now we're getting down to the rash tech. How can I do this? What is the course by which I can do this? Number one, stop in your tracks. Stop right now what you're doing that is not pleasing to God. Now that'll be difficult because I've got a flesh that wants to yank me over here and yank me over there. I have trained my flesh. Yeah, we as independent Baptists have done that. We have trained it to go just so far and then back away. Not realizing that we haven't trained this flesh. You take it so far, it will yank your chain and pull you over the line. We want to live right there. Listen, young people. Listen, church. A lot of Christians today, they want to live right there. That's so they can go over here for a little bit and come back. Go here for a little bit and come back. That's our safety zone. But it's like, a, it's like a wild animal. You can't tame a wild animal. You think you can. 
How many, how many tiger and lion trainers have there been? How many people have worked with dangerous animals? And they were just as cordial, loving, kind of like a little pet. Till the pet ate them. <laughs> I remember an illustration of a, a bow constrictor. And the man performed in all the little towns out west. And for years and years and years, he would let himself get all wrapped up with that, that bow constrictor. And then he would tap it or do something, and it, and it released him. And boy, the crowd just was so enamored. And until the one day when he tapped it or gave it its cue, I don't know, how, what, what is the cue to a bow constrictor? I don't know, but he didn't release. Matter of fact, he kept... And everybody in shock watched that man as his, his life was crushed out of him before that whole audience. We're like that. We think we can control our, our sensual, sexual appetite. We think we can control the lust. We think we can control the basic nature of us. We cannot. Apart from the help of God, we cannot. And here's the thing. We have a Holy Spirit. He's always warning us and he, he's, he's our comforter, amen, but he's our convictor. And, and the Holy Spirit will remind us in our daily lives, he does me, I know he has to do you if you're a believer. He'll, he'll warn you, he'll, he'll tell you this isn't right, don't go there, don't be involved in this, don't think on these things, think on these other things. And then we begin to think that we can control him too. The thing it's not control, it's that we've grieved him and quenched him so much we don't hear his voice like we used to. Maybe some sitting here. Hey, listen, is it important for you to be pure, to be holy, to be righteous? Do you care anymore? Do you see the need to be? Or have you swallowed what this culture has told you more than you think? Parents, I don't think, and I'm not being mean, but I don't think parents really realize how much their children are plugged into social media. I don't think adults realize how plugged in they're into social media. And we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Because God's people don't care anymore about purity and holiness and righteousness and living for God. They don't care anymore, it seems. It just does, doesn't seem so. And I say today, how, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. And here's what the word says. Stop it! Here's what the Spirit of God tells us. Stop it. We don't hear his voice like we used to. Stop it. This word is interesting. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The word way means rut or track. Now, I ran that. It means the track of a wheel. If you go back to the, like the Western days, if you were on the Bonanza, and little Joe, little John, uh, Joe and Hoss are trying to find out where Dad and Adam went, little Joe would say, didn't they take the buckboard? He'd say, yeah, so they followed the buckboard. They were following the tracks that the wheels made. We, you hunters will know this. When, when you go hunting, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see deer, deer tracks, and you'll see ruts. You know, we know about the rut. Okay, not that, but we'll see ruts. We'll see the path that they take through the woods. You see evidence of the herd going through this. This is their rounds. They don't do it every day. Maybe every few days they come this way. You know that. This is the way, the way, this word way means a track or rut, a path, a pattern of comfort. A place well-traveled. There are certain things in our lives that if we're not careful, we'll become comfortable with them. They'll become our way. Now, he's talking about the way of a young man being pure, but we can go the way of a person that is impure. So you stop. You don't go that way anymore. You see the path is dangerous, not leading to successful Christian life. So the first thing we want to do if we really want to be pure 
and want to be holy and want to be righteous and want to please God is that we stop some things that we know have to stop. Then take an honest look at yourself. You know, it's easy to drift and get off course. Be not entangled, the Bible says. It's easy to be entangled with sin. You know what? The entangling has the idea of being tied up. And so often people get tied up, or the very least tripped up. The idea is being enslaved or captive. Oh, I've seen so many of God's people go down a path they think is not that big, but then they are entangled, and they're trapped, and they're tied up, and they can't get free. So we got we to gotta stop whatever it is that the Spirit of God is telling us, and then we've got to take a good, honest look at ourselves the way we are going. If you keep going down that path where you think it's going to lead you, amen. I've seen young people, when they get marrying age, let me say this, none of you are marrying age. But there will be a day. Right now, you should know what kind of a person you want to be married to. You should make a list of what you want in that person. Or you will go the way of your flesh. You will do what a lot of people have done. It'll be all right. It'll work out. My parents are against it. Preacher doesn't think it's a good idea. Talk to Brother Tom. His opinion was, I don't know. You better. But you didn't want to hear it. You'll go down the wrong path. And you'll wish to God one day that you hadn't made that decision. So today we better stop. And today we better take inventory of ourselves. And all of us adults, wherever we're at, whatever you say, so it won't don't make any difference. Yes, it will. Right now, to make a difference, if you stop it, God can God could restore. God can help. But we have to be honest, take an honest look at ourselves, the direction we're going, where we're going to end up. Then accept and apply the remedy. What is the remedy? Wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Do what the word of God tells you to do. Amen. We must obey God's word, and here it is. Apply it to every area of our life. Look at your personal life. Look at your private life. Look at your family life. Apply the word of God. Where's your friendships? Where's your acquaintances? What's the social life you have? Apply it to the word of God. How about your business life? We're not supposed to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That, that applies to business life too, you know. Your, how about your casual life? How about your church life? Hey, this is big. This is important. This is, what's our president? This is huge. Take a look at it. Then how can we get it? Now here's another question because we're going to be concerned with this really quick. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm going to come forward. I'm going to make same things right. I'm going to go home and think on these things. I'm going to make this right. I'm going to stop doing some things, preacher. You're right. I, my mind is not in the right place. My life is not. I'm going, to, I'm going to make some changes. I want to. I see the need of being pure again and holy and righteous. Amen. Here's the question. How are you going to maintain that? How do we keep pure and holy once we get there? Let's look at the scripture. Psalm 119, go there. We're almost done. We're almost done. Please stay with me. I know it's a little different today. Psalm 119, look at verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Now watch the next verses. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. From now on, you're going to say, I'm going after this thing wholeheartedly. I'm going after God. Holiness, purity, with my whole heart. Let not me wander from thy commandments. I'm going to be in this book. Verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin again. I'm going to get to memorizing the scriptures again. I'm going to think on them. I'm going to muse upon them. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me. You're going to have a teachable spirit about it. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. 
I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. You're going to make this book a treasure again in your life. A treasure. Verse 15, 16. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. That's the way forward. That's how we stay and keep and become pure, holy, righteous, pleasing to our God. We dissect this passage. You can turn it around any way you want to, but it has to do with our responsibility to obey God. Search your Bible afresh, verse 10. Let the word of God search you, verse 11. Get humble and teachable. Rehearse it in your heart daily. Treasure it anew. Meditate upon it. Never question it. It is the authority. And I say this and I'll be done. If we will take our Bibles and use them like we once used them. If you're a new convert perhaps or newly saved, let's put it that way. If you'll let this book have a central place in your heart and life, you'll see the need of holiness, purity, righteousness. It's important. Now, are you going to make the Bible a priority again in your life? Or will your flesh continue to run you? I'll tell you this. If you don't make the decision for this book again in your heart and life, you will fail. It's a matter of time. I know you don't want this. Listen, young people. I know you don't want to marry the wrong person. I, don't know, I, I know you don't want to get, have a family that's out of sort with God down the road. Kids won't mind. They don't want God. I know, I know we don't want to stay where we're at. We want to correct some things that are wrong. The only way that can happen is you to take advantage of this verse. Take heed thereto according to thy word. Not according to your feelings, your thinking, what your mama thinks, what your daddy thinks, what this world says and thinks, what other Christians you know that are not living for God. That's not, that's not your rule. I'm not your rule. Jesus is the rule. Lo, I come in the volume of a book. As I heard old preachers say, this is the closest to Jesus you're ever going to get in this life right here in this book. He is the incarnate word. This is the written word. What's your relationship with the word of God? We've got preachers coming in here in a few weeks to encourage us, inspire us, rebuke us, exhort us about the word of God. I thought I'd take the first crack at you. But the Lord says, you know what they need to see is I want them to be pure. I want my people to be holy and righteous. And not only do I want them, I want them to want to. What do you want? Let's bow our heads if we would today.